Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. The convenience and the connection of the online world has a dark side to it. And as we are increasingly depending on virtual environments for learning, connection, and work, and sometimes love, we can be more vulnerable to predators. Dr. Michael Nuccitelli is here today to share best practices for staying safe online and avoiding cyberstalking, cyberbullying, and online attacks. Are you ready to meet him? Michael Nuccitelli, PsyD, is a New York State licensed psychologist, cyber psychology researcher, and online safety educator. He completed his doctoral degree in clinical psychology from Adler University. And in 2009, Dr. Nuccitelli finalized his online aggressor concept called I Predator. I'm going to ask him about that in a minute. Dr. Nuccitelli educates and advises the public and private sectors involving cyberbullying, cyberstalking, internet addiction, and online safety. His website, iPredator.org, offers site visitors a ton of free educational content, and he's volunteered to help out tons of people who've been cyberattacked, defamed, and cyberstalked. You can find out more about Dr. Nuccitelli and his work at iPredator.org. Org. Dr. Nuccitelli, welcome to Out of the Fog. Oh, thank you, Karen. Excellent introdu- introduction. Very well done. Thank you. Um, I'm honored to be on today, and I look forward to hopefully sharing a little bit about my concept, the dark side of cyberspace, and hopefully your uh, listeners can pick up a couple of tips. Thank you. Well, I hope so, too. I think we are spending so much time online anyway, and I think the pandemic has increased that dependence on the online world. What, what is iPredator? That's such a catchy name. So could we start there? What, what does that mean? Sure. Thank you. Well, iPredator is a concept that I created now. We're going on about 11 years ago. Um, as everyone, all your listeners, I'm sure know, we live in a period of history called the information age. And many of us, as you just mentioned, are increasingly spending more and more time online. So what iPredator is, is a global concept that presents eight different types of online aggressors slash online assailants. So in addition to presenting eight categories or types of online aggressors, I also provide three very simple criteria to know if you and or a loved one, an associate is an iPredator. And we can certainly cover those if you'd like. Well, and not only to know if, if someone is a predator, but also how you keep yourself safe. Oh, goodness, great. That's very important. And we can certainly talk about um, some very basic online safety tips. That is a lot of what I do. So in addition to researching and learning uh, as much as I can, because, you know, as I write, I am a student of cyber psychology. 
which by the grace of God will last for another several decades. Hopefully I can walk <laughs> through life for that long. But basically what I'm trying to understand, uh, iPredator is a dark side of cyberspace conscious concept. It's trying to understand why uh, I call it the veil of anonymity because I can hide behind a computer screen. I can hide behind a mobile device. Why is it that not all of us, but many of us begin to engage in such malevolent and nefarious online activities? That's what I'm trying to understand. That anonymity that might help me feel safe, maybe Googling the answer to a question that I'm afraid to ask out loud. I'm hearing you say that that same kind of anonymity could let someone kind of attack me from a hidden place. Most certainly because people become, and again, I don't want to be redundant saying that we live in the information age, but we live in the information age. And if I may say by day, I am the owner of a group practice. We're called MN Psychological Services here in New York City. Uh, we provide counseling to the chronically mentally ill. That's a whole different ball game. But after work and on the weekends for the last 11 years, since authoring iPredator, I have volunteered and helped folks, online users who have been cyber attacked, ranging from being cyber stalked to defamed, to dealing with internet trolls. So I have literally spent the last decade trying to understand why, because of this anonymity, why do some people, not all, go online and feel to have carte blanche to target, defame, and to hurt others online? I'm trying to understand that. And um, it just seems that each year that goes on, it's becoming... I don't want to say, Karen, that it's becoming uh, epidemic. Uh, certainly, when we discuss briefly cyberbullying, I'm willing to possibly say epidemic abortion. But overall, a significant percentage of people are being targeted online. And I'd like to understand why. That's an interesting, it's an interesting kind of twist on this because instead of, yes, you're looking at safety and how we can keep ourselves safe, but I, I, if I'm understanding you correctly, I'm hearing you say, I want to get behind the thinking that leads someone to think, I'm going to reach out today, I'm going to attack somebody today, I'm going to hide my identity, I'm going to hurt somebody today, is that right? Exactly, Karen. And what's interesting, again, because of the veil of, the veil of anonymity, because people have you know, in their, let's say, free time and, uh, you know, what the research is showing, and we don't have to talk too much about COVID, but during the past year of COVID, where quarantine and being isolated was kind of like the, the reality for all of us, they're now starting to come out and show that during the COVID pandemic, there was a significant increase in cybercrime cyber stalking, uh, internet trolling, aka internet defamation, cyber crime, and the, to me, the worst of the worst is online child predation and online child pornography consumption and distribution. So seven of the eight categories of iPredator seen a significant increase during the, the COVID pandemic. I know that part of your work is that theory that our distress when we are offline, 
So our sense of isolation, our sense of marginalization, or the things we can't express, or whatever that is, mental health issues that are not being treated, anger that's not being treated, that offline distress then dictates that online response. What we do online is driven by how we are offline. Excellent. Excellent. And I did not send you a check to bring that up. <laughs> oh, no, I, I ask for money after the show. So just wait. <laughs> no, thank you. I, and I, it's just nice to know that uh, folks actually take the time and learn about, about what I'm presenting. And exactly, Ms. Karen, it's called odor. Offline distress dictates online response. Now, obviously, I cannot back this up with statistic or research yet. Again, this is, uh, this is a new phenomenon. But most psychologists and behavioral health care professionals, as well as you, Karen, understand that what odor is, is subjective processing. All of us have subjective processing, or what I call our perceptual sunglasses. So in a nutshell, related to odor, offline distress dictates online response. However, my offline world is going, uh, whether I'm happy, I'm sad, whether I'm an alcohol or drug abuser, whether I am financially compromised, uh, whether whatever's going on offline, I believe has a direct effect on how I disseminate, how I exchange, and how I compile information online. So I believe, and I can't prove it yet, my offline psychological states has a direct impact on what I do online. And that is something I'm hoping in the future can be researched because it's very important. Um, because what we're learning is that when people are angry, when they are ideologically extreme, when they are stressed or psychopathological, they are at much higher rates of engaging in high-risk online activities. And we have to identify you know, those facets, those factors, and hopefully begin to change it. And there's another side to that too, it seems to me, that if I am feeling vulnerable or upset or um, looking for information and I don't know where to find it, I may, through my offline distress, put myself at risk, be responding in a way that makes me less safe. I might be more inclined to get caught up in a romance scam. I might be more inclined <clears throat> to put myself in the clutches of a troll. I might be more inclined to respond in ways that enhance my experience of being targeted online. Does that feel exactly. right? Oh, exactly. Wow, that was great, Karen. Exactly, 100% correct. You hit the nail right on the head. What walks hand in hand with odor, offline distress dictates online response, is what I call IVI, I predator victim intuition. So if you're an individual, let's say under odor, you are uh, typically stressed, you are a discouraged child or your 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 one of your children are discouraged or on you you yourself are experiencing significant stress due to a recent divorce due to financial stressors depending on how you present yourself online ivi i predator victim intuition i believe the cyber attacker, the eye predator, is able to quickly conclude whether or not you would be a good mark, aka, you know, uh, mark to target and to whether it be cyber stalk 
or to potentially uh, engage you in a cyber criminal activity. So IVI works hand in hand with odor. If I see that you're posting information, let's say on your Facebook profile, okay? And you have your, your privacy settings set to public and I see that you've been very discouraged lately. Well, I, I will quickly conclude and decide whether or not Miss Karen would be a good mark for me to target or not, the IVI. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Dr. Michael Nuccitelli. He is the developer of the iPredator concept. There is a ton of good and helpful free information available for you at iPredator.com. Org. What do you think is the most mm, the most pressing online safety concern right now? Because we're oh, vulnerable most, from a thousand different directions. Of course. And again, this is the online safety tip for everyone that's listening today. And Karen, this will be the same yeah, uh, tip that I give 10 years from now. It's personal information. For some reason, and God bless all of us, I have done it too in the past. Uh, I certainly don't do it now, but I've done it in the past, is the personal information that you share online. There is a direct correlation between the amount of personal information you share and the probability that you're going to get to be targeted. So the key is the recommendation for all your listeners right now is to go to your blog, your websites, your social media accounts, and make sure that you have as minimal amount of personal information about yourself, about your loved ones, about your career, so forth and so on as possible. Now, many of us who are trying to be public figures, uh, create an online presence um, because of our business, whatever that may be, we do have to post information about ourselves, but you certainly don't have to post. You don't have to, you know, exchange uh, information that is personal to you. So the less personal information, the better. And number two, I hate to say this because I'm a hopeless romantic. I always have been. I think I always will be. But sexually themed content that you are sharing right now with a loved one. Now, given the fact, unfortunately, we live in a world where 50% of all marriages end in divorce. I don't know the percentage of intimate relationships, but if they're not, uh, you know, uh, intimate relationship is not ending in marriage, they often fall off. So with those people that you think that you're in love with, when you're exchanging sexually themed content, whether that is sexting, whether it's provocative images, and you know, it's even if you're you're sending, creating, you know, little sexually themed video clips, God forbid if the two of you break up, because now I'm sure many of your listeners have heard about revenge porn, and then one of the most severe things that are occurring these days called sextortion. Yeah. So it is being mindful not to share any sexually themed content online. And that's so important because the, we feel like things are private when they're not private. 
We feel like when we post on Facebook, we're talking to our friends. We feel like when we're exchanging something with a lover, we're only exchanging it with the lover. And that may not be necessarily true. And that is exactly true. But and, but the most important aspect of that, Karen, is if you and that lover break up and it is an adversarial breakup, it is not amicable. Well, in an adversarial breakup, and this has already been shown in and, and multiple studies of research is with revenge porn. So let's say, for instance, Karen, you and I uh, were engaged in an intimate relationship, and I suspect you of engaging in a, ex, uh, a sexual affair with someone else, and we break up adversarially. What revenge porn is, is now I am so upset with you and, and experiencing betrayal I now take all that sexually themed content that those really sexy sexting text messages that we exchange, those couple of videos that you sent me last Valentine's Day, I now take them and I send them to your job, your family, to your religious organization and to anybody that I would deem is important. And literally, again, as I said, I volunteer after work and on the weekends. I have helped folks who have literally lost their career and their ability to function, you know, in a, in a career, you know, because of sextortion, because of revenge porn. Wow. How do you get your life back after something like that? It's, oh goodness, I wish I could say it is extremely difficult because as you know, content that is disseminated online, and I don't care what any reputation, you know, organization says anything that we put online, you may delete it, your spouse, someone else may delete it, but it is not deleted. It is essentially eternal online. And this is one of the, the aspects of cyberspace is content that we disseminate and that we exchange with others. It doesn't disappear even after we delete it. Wow. And so that, oh my goodness. So think before you post. Most certainly before you post. Yes. Now, cyberbullying and cyberstalking are, are, are two huge issues. Can you say a little bit about each one of those? Sure. Would it be okay to quickly give you the, the, I don't, the eight categories of my predator? Oh gosh. Yes, please. Okay. I'll be as quick as I can. So cyberbullying, which is the pediatric manifestation of eye predator, occurs between children. The adult forms of eye predator are the cyber harassers, the cyber stalkers, and the internet trolls. Then we have the cyber criminals and then the cyber terrorists. And then we have what I believe are the most deviant and perverse of the eight categories, is the online child predators and the online child pornography consumers and distributors. So those eight categories make up iPredator. The other aspect that's important to know, and it's very simple, whether we're talking about the dark side of cyberspace or iPredator, are the three criteria to know if you yourself, a loved one, or somebody who is trying to attack you, whether they are an eye predator. Do we have time for me to quickly give you those? We absolutely do. Go ahead. 
All right. First and foremost, obviously the easiest one, it's a self-awareness of causing harm to others directly or indirectly using information and communication technology. Two, it is now that you have the self-awareness, which is very basic, it's the use of information, communication, technology, social media, email, any form of information technology to tamper with, exchange, or to deliver harmful information. And then three, the third criteria is a general understanding of cyberspace used to engage in criminal or deviant online activities. Now what cyber stealth is, is online deception, but it is online deception plus a strategic plan on how to use the online deception online. So if you fit those three criteria and you are actively or plan on actively targeting somebody, you would be an eye predator. So now I'm looking and I know we just only have about three or four minutes left together for someone who's found themselves in the clutches of an eye predator, someone who is being stalked, someone who's getting trolled, someone who's finding themselves defamed, someone who is feeling scammed or not safe, what should they do? Oh, goodness, Karen, I wish I could say it would be easy. Go to your local agency, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and and I know we don't have much time. And again, I am pro-law enforcement. Uh, I was a forensic psychologist. I'm pro-court system. But presently, as of 2021, there is very little uh, help you can get from law enforcement in the court system. Now, mind you, if we're talking about child pornography, that's a different story. If we're talking about online child sexual predators, that is the different story. But the vast majority of iPredator and online cyber attacks outside of, you know, straight cyber crime, there's little any of us can do now. You can practice online safety, a reduction and not posting personal information about yourself, clearly never discussing sexually themed content. But if you feel that you have really been victimized and not that they're really going to help, it's going to your local law enforcement agency and filing a report. Mind you, for your listeners, you are not likely to get help. It's unfortunate that as of today, presently, uh, law enforcement agencies still have not created cybercrime online assailant assistance for folks like us who get targeted. Hopefully that occurs a decade or two online. So basically the best thing to do is to practice as best as you can. It doesn't insulate you 100% but you reduce the probability it's practicing online safety. When listeners go to iPredator.org, what will they find there? There's a wealth. That's like a library of good stuff. (laughs) Where would you direct the listeners on your site? Well, anything, and thank you, Karen, but anything at my website is public domain. It's free. There are, goodness, 26, uh, 28 ranging from internet addiction to cyberbullying, to cyberstalking, different checklists and inventories. You can download the PDF copies, use them uh, for educational purposes. 
use them if you feel you're being targeted. Um, and just know, uh, as I said, everything is public domain um, and you don't even have to give an email to download, print out any of my content. The only thing I ask is that you take a couple of minutes, if you visit my website, and think about what it means, the dark side of cyberspace, and how you and your loved ones, what can you do to reduce the probability of being targeted? What you said in the beginning of the interview is that all of us are spending a massive amount of time online, and that's only going to continue. That's true. Dr. Nuccitelli, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me on. That's Dr. Michael Nuccitelli. His website is ipredator.org, and I recommend that to your attention. Go take a look at the resources that he's compiled over a dozen years of, of doing this work so that you can find ways to keep yourself safe and to get more information. There's a really good internet addiction uh, checklist there and resources there if you think that your relationship with the online world might be coming a little unhealthy, so I recommend that for you too. That's all at ipredator.org. And of course, you're always welcome at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session with me there if you are so inclined. You can subscribe to Out of the Fog wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Fog City Psychic. And I've started putting these podcasts up on YouTube, just the audio for now. Um, but just to give you another way of listening to and accessing this information. And if you believe as I do, that when we focus our positive attention on something, we really can make change. Dr. Nuccitelli was saying that that how we are offline, the, the way we are offline affects the way that we interact in the world, in the online world. I believe that when we shift our intentions, when we shift our focus from our distress to the ways in which we can create peace, that we can make things better, that things really do change. If you agree with me on that, I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. That is a website where there are tons of guided meditations for you to stream, and you can get information about the free monthly guided meditation call that my wife and I host for people from all over the world who want to come together to spend 15 minutes focusing on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. All of that is there for you free at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.